I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Hey friends, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. This week, we are talking about periods, but typically on this show, we're talking about missing periods because you all know I love talking about hypothalamic amenorrhea. But this week, we have a fellow Canadian holistic nutritionist on the show, Madeline McKinnon, to talk all about when we actually have our periods and if we are experiencing painful or troublesome periods. So this week, Madeline and I talk all about like sore breasts, cramping, all that stuff that is typically deemed as normal or we kind of like laugh about and joke about, but in reality, it actually really sucks. Actually, Madeline shares that at one point in her life, she had two weeks out of her four-week cycle of feeling like a completely different person, and I know she's not the only one who feels this way. I am definitely now like two years almost post HA recovery. I am finally, like, I'm at this point in my journey where I'm like, okay, I need to kind of start looking at my hormones, do some testing, and figure out what's happening because I definitely do have hormonal symptoms come up every single month, and I don't feel like my best every single day out of my cycle. There's definitely a rhythm. So I have some hormone balancing work to do for sure. And if you do as well, you're going to love this episode with Madeline. But before we get started, I just want to wish everyone a happy new moon. The new moon was on May 11th, which was yesterday. If you're listening to this podcast episode when it first comes out, it's May 12th now. So we are starting a new lunar cycle. So happy new moon. I hope you all set some time aside yesterday to maybe do a little new moon ritual for yourself. And if not, no worries. We can always feel the energy of a moon three days out and three days after. So if you didn't set that time aside yesterday, I just encourage you to do that maybe today or sometime this week as this new moon energy is still present here. So if you want to do some type of ritual, you can always scroll back. I have a few episodes on creating rituals around the new and full moons, but something that I would just recommend to anyone who wants to start 
kind of getting more in touch with the energy that each moon brings to us is new moons are a really great time to set intentions. So maybe you just take some time this week to set a few intentions for yourself that you want to plant in this new lunar cycle. And Another update that I have for you, one last update before we actually jump to this episode with Madeline, is that nearing the end of May and at the beginning of June or throughout the month of June, I have spots opening up inside my Back Home to You coaching program. So if you have been wanting to work with me in a one-to-one setting and receive my guidance and support and have me as your biggest cheerleader along your self-healing journey, then definitely reach out to me. The best way to message me is not Instagram. It is email. So you can either go to megdoll.com slash back home to you to read all about how I have been supporting women through this coaching program. And you can actually click the button on that webpage and schedule yourself a free discovery call with me. Or if you're already really familiar with my 12-week coaching program, Back Home to You, you can just email me directly at hello at megdoll.com. All right, that's all from me this week. Thank you so much again for being here. I love knowing that you're tuning in every single week. So if you're listening to this episode and loving it, just a reminder that it's always really helpful and it makes me super excited to see screenshots over on Instagram. So just take a screenshot or a picture of your surroundings today, post it on Instagram, let us know you're listening to the show and tag me at I am Meg Dahl so I can see it and chat with you over on Instagram. All right, here is Madeline McKinnon and I talking all about natural solutions for your painful periods. Hey, Madeline, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on with me this week. Oh, thanks for having me, Meg. Yeah, so everyone knows this is going to be a kind of like hormone period episode. So we're all really excited. Um, We always love these episodes that have anything to do with periods. And our focus today is more so on not like HA recovery or not having a period or how to get it back, but it's kind of like, okay, we have our period and maybe this is post HA recovery. The period comes back, but now there's like PMS stuff coming up for us. Our periods are painful. And I feel like the word PMS, um, there's a lot that comes with that too. It's not Mm -hmm. just like painful periods. So I would love to dive into that combo with you. But first, before we get started, why don't you just say hello to everyone and introduce yourself for us? Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me here. I'm I'm really excited to have this conversation just about period pain because it's such a 
Uh, it's a difficult thing to navigate, especially if you haven't had your period for a while and then it comes back and it's painful. So I definitely want to dive into that. But a little bit about me and my background, I am a nutritionist. So specifically, I focus on nutrition for women's hormone health and hormone balance. And I've been doing this work for probably like around 10 years. And I got into this work specifically because I was really interested in the idea of like therapeutic nutrition and using nutrition to help heal and to help support different health conditions. Like I wasn't, I didn't get into it, like thinking about weight loss as much as actually being like, okay, how do we, can we actually heal the body and nourish the body for hormone health? So I've just got started diving really deep into women's health. I struggled with PMS, really bad PMS myself, where like the second half of my cycle, I, I felt like a different person. And it was really tough, like really sore, I had these really sore breasts. And it just was this like a crazy shift where it was like right after ovulation, just everything would feel different. I felt more overwhelmed. I felt more stressed. It just made everything harder. Like relationships were harder. And that kind of got me interested specifically in like periods and hormones. And then one day I started like making some dietary changes and adding some herbs and supplements. And then I, all of a sudden, like the next cycle after doing that, my period just showed up with no PMS symptoms, like nothing. And that's what made me realize like, okay, I didn't like, I was starting to think this was normal. I was starting to actually, even though I was already a nutritionist then, like and into all this stuff, I started to normalize it for myself. And then it was shocking to me how different I felt after making those changes. So just, just really learning about that really got me down this path. And, and now I specifically do a lot of work with women around like period pain and endometriosis and like PMDD and PMS and just helping with cycle help. Health um, is a huge thing. For yeah, me. yeah, I mm -hmm. love that your journey brought you to where you are today, like all of us, but the work that you're doing with women is so important. So it just makes me really happy. But you brought up something interesting. And I feel like all of us can relate to that what you said about like having something that we know isn't like normal, but then we like mm -hmm. talk ourselves into, well, like maybe this is our normal. Yeah. Right? And this happens so much for, for women's health in periods because periods are a really taboo topic because we, there's just this underlying shame around our cycle as well. And that even gets really translated into the medical field too. So a lot of the time doctors won't will brush women off when they talk about their pain or maybe from conversations with other friends, like the pain just gets like joked about or the PMS get joked about, but it's not, it's really not taken seriously. And there's a lot of different severities in pain too. So if you have period pain and maybe like your pain is really intense where you're like staying in bed for a day, uh, but maybe you might be chatting with some friends about it and they're saying, oh, I have such a painful period as well. But maybe theirs is like way like maybe theirs is just a three out of 10 and like not as bad, but then you just think it's normal. So there's just not enough of a, um, yeah, I, I really think that's the taboo topic has impacted it a lot of how our ability to get support and know 
is this normal, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then also what you said, like if right after ovulation, you felt like a totally different person, it's like if you're getting your period every four weeks and you, for two of those weeks, you feel not good at all. That doesn't make life very easy, right? (laughs) No. Yeah, it, it doesn't. And it's just amazing how we can, We just, I think another thing too, why we end up staying like where we're at is, is as well, just because we don't realize there's things we can do as well. So I I talk, I think for some reason, heavy periods, that's something, is this the thing that sometimes happens as well for like, I know women, they they might not have as much pain, but they have like really heavy periods where they're like bleeding through their pants at work and like going through the night, having to change things. And that's just like normal. And they, they lose a lot of blood. And then I have had some clients that come to me where they were just feeling like this for like years and they got anemic because, and like really it impacted their health and they never really did anything because the doctor didn't ask them questions about it. And they just thought, Oh, there's nothing I can do. I just have a heavy period. And, and that happens. So I want to know if anyone's listening here, you're not alone. If this is happening to you, like it's, it's a it's a serious serious issue for sure absolutely Mm -hmm. and like you said so much of what often keeps us stuck is that we don't realize that there's these options that can significantly change things for us and like you said when you were Mm -hmm. sharing your journey you made a change and your next cycle was already better it's not like you do something and then like a year later, finally, it starts working, right? Our bodies are pretty incredible. And mm-hmm. there are some amazing natural tools that we can lean on that really make a difference when it comes to experiencing more, I don't know, well, not painful, but like, I don't know, experiencing your period with more ease, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where it's not kind of like, affecting your daily life and preventing you from like going to school or going to work or just being a normal human so Mm -hmm. why don't you share more of that journey with us like what were these tools that you started to integrate into your life you mentioned specifically your breasts were very painful so mm-hmm. maybe that's what we can start with is painful breasts. I personally get painful breasts, but there's like varying degrees of them. Like sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, my period's coming. Just like my breasts are like a little tender. And then yeah. other months it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, I'm like talking to my boyfriend how sore my boobs are because that's kind of like all I can think about. So there's definitely different degrees. So I guess maybe my first question is, what is actually normal? Like tender breasts, should they be Mm -hmm. slightly tender? Obviously, they shouldn't be extremely sore. But is there kind of some, um, you know, leeway there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's there's a lot of different severities. And I definitely had a extreme severity before. And then I, I have had times where it's just been a couple of days as well. But it's it's really, I would say what would be considered normal is just feeling a bit of tenderness, maybe for one or two days, just feeling like, okay, your period is coming. That can be normal. But 
A lot of the time with, yeah, with breast tenderness, it's really your body respond. It's, it's a response to the hormonal shifts that are happening. So a lot of the time breast tenderness can be from estrogen metabolism problems where you're, you're not, maybe you have enough estrogen, but your body's not breaking it down as much and not eliminating it. So that can actually trigger things. Um, especially if uh, sometimes at the worst level of breast pain would be fibrocystic breasts, like that can really be an estrogen issue. So we wanna actually look at ways to help support estrogen metabolism. So what we can do is actually really amazing thing is iodine because the breast tissue need iodine just as much as the thyroid, actually sometimes even more than the thyroid does. So iodine can be important. What actually really helped me was evening primrose oil um, is an anti-inflammatory. For some reason that helped really well and um, taking dim supplements to detox estrogen. Those two things were, were really good and those helped a lot, but they're, it might, it's going to depend on you. You might have to experiment with a couple different things, but even like the dietary like changes and just adding a lot of estrogen supportive foods to help you detox estrogen can be great. So like the cruciferous vegetables are excellent to add like broccoli and kale uh, that can really help to help to detox estrogen. And even for iodine, you could even have a little bit of kelp powder instead of taking it as a supplement too, that can help out a lot. Mm, I love like kelp flakes and things like that with iodine. Um, so yeah, that's a great food source. I do have a question about the dim supplements. So that has been kind of something that's been recommended to me on and off before, but then I've also had different people in my life say to be kind of like cautious with that because of the like estrogen eliminating mm -hmm. um, benefits that it has. And just as someone who has had extremely low estrogen in the past, oh, yeah. would that be something that you would have women like pretty cautious about mm -hmm. or yeah like, like kind of like the caveats around that yeah I'm actually really glad you asked that because my yeah my opinion of dim has really changed I started taking dim and thankfully it, it worked for me um but be like what I actually recommend that it before taking dim now is actually to do hormone testing and see to see how your estrogen levels are and then actually see if if you're if you have a problem breaking down your estrogen because we all uh, we have our estrogen that we produce so the, sometimes that can be low especially like with hypothalamic hypothalamic amenorrhea I always have trouble pronouncing that it's such a, like, uh, but, a tongue twister yeah, honestly um ha right I yeah. can say HA. Yeah. So that knows what you mean. Yeah. If you say HA. Yeah. So that would be a pro. So you'd have to, it actually would be best to get it tested because so I, I use a Dutch test in my practice, which is a dried urine test, which gives you your full hormone profile. So it says, it tells us how much estrogen you have. And then it also says if you have problems with phase one detox and phase two detox and DIM specifically helps with phase one detox and it also lowers high estrogen. So I would only take it if you have a problem with one of those two things. And then, yeah, if you have low estrogen, then you might have to think about doing something else. So you do need to be careful with some of, of these remedies for sure. So that's why we do a lot of testing first, just to make sure if you're going to take specific supplements, it's better to actually know what's going on before you take them. And then you get your money's worth for it and get way better results. 
Totally. And I think that's mm-hmm. such a important piece of this conversation to have because we can like go to any health food store and purchase these supplements or listen to any podcast and then hear recommendations for all sorts of things, go to a health food store and then buy something. But we kind of forget how powerful these supplements actually are. Like you said, you did some changes and the next cycle that you had was so much better right Mm -hmm. so that just goes to show everyone how powerful supplements really are and I I understand that like we can present like high estrogen symptoms such as like tender breasts or painful periods like things like that but actually just have extremely low progesterone and not necessarily like high estrogen right it's more of like that Mm -hmm. ratio so that's why we do need to do this type of testing if you're able to instead of like doing some of the supplements without actually knowing where you're at so it's great to know that you do the dutch testing yeah yeah because i know i had a lot of resistance it took me a while to just do the dutch test myself because i was like oh it's it's expensive to do it but then when i realized how much I spent on supplements that I didn't use and that didn't work made me realize, you know, it is worth it to actually have some information because yeah, it's, if a lot of us can probably relate to like having all these supplements in the back of our cupboards and never using them. So it's good to really important to have that clarity. And then you're, you're just set up for more success that way. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about the boobs, right? So Mm -hmm. some tenderness is somewhat normal, but when they get extremely tender or sore and hard, that's definitely a sign that we can do some deeper digging and more investigating. Yeah. And that's especially if, if you notice that and you're having other symptoms. So when I actually have a client that comes to me, who's having like her period is, is really giving her a lot of grief and like, it's heavy. Like I always actually ask about the PMS and the breast tenderness, because those are usually other signs that something's off. So, um, yeah, I don't see just breast tenderness being like just one thing on its own. Sometimes it is, but usually it's like a list of some other things. And that would tell us that we have to investigate further. Awesome. I feel like I get one random pimple and my boobs are sore. Those are like Mm -hmm. my (laughs) symptoms. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's me personally, but moving on to actual like painful periods, because Some people will get such intense cramps that, like you said, is preventing them from actually going into work or even leaving the bed, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm sure it's all related to, well, I know it's all related to similar things to like the high estrogen or that high estrogen to progesterone um, ratio. So would those same recommendations come in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can definitely help out a lot. All of, all of those recommendations. With period pain, it can really, it can be a lot of different things. So usually we want to know first off, 
like, so there's, so there's, so usually the recommendations I have is if you have any pain and you want to work on it naturally, I do have um, my period pain relief guide that you can just download for free. And that gives you like the basic, uh, the basic things that what are the first things that you want to try? Because some, like sometimes these, there's like, just like I said, with my PMS symptoms, like sometimes there's some simple things that work before we get into like the complicated things. So that comes down to having like magnesium can make a huge difference. Taking magnesium, usually between 200 to 400 milligrams of magnesium and starting it like every day of your cycle, even starting seven days before that can make a big difference. Turmeric is amazing. Like I have, yeah, I have one client and those were the two things that she did and, and she had horrible period. She was staying in bed, like for, she had to miss work. She was a nurse and it sucked because she had to miss work. And then, and now she's able to work now and she really focused specifically on those. And so, so those are some things to really focus on. And I have some other recommendations in that guide that you can download. So that's like the first you know, the first step that you can do. And then if that doesn't work, uh, then we can look into seeing if there may actually be another deeper issue. So maybe it is like five, sometimes fibroids can cause a lot of period pain. Sometimes endometriosis is something that is very common. Um, that's usually for the very severe cases that you don't see a change as much with diet um, or which is where like there's that your uterine tissue can start to grow like outside of the uterus and, and it is quite common. So there, there are some other things that we can, we might wanted to look into. And this is where the doctor can come in and the doctor can be, be very helpful. Um, if you go and advocate, it's all about advocating for yourself at the doctor. So being like, you know, this doesn't feel right. I don't think is, this is normal. So maybe getting a pelvic ultrasound or looking into things further can be valuable too. Right. Awesome. I'm so happy you brought up magnesium because that's been such a game changer for me. I was getting really bad migraines with when I ovulate. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like an ovulation migraine. Um, so like one a month, every single time I ovulate, but, um, I was taking magnesium, but I just bumped up the dose a little bit. Um, and that has been really helpful for me. Do you have personally, any like favorite magnesium recommendations because that's generally a safe um, supplement that people could probably oh, benefit from, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I recommend looking out for get a magnesium that's around 200 milligrams of magnesium bisglycinate is excellent. Um, if you're in Canada, I really like this one by AOR. That's magnesium. It also has B6 and zinc and it's a powder. So I'd look out for that. Well, I, I do that with a lot of my clients because that also gives you some other hormone supportive things in there. So then you don't need to take too many supplements, but the, just look out for glycinate because that one has been shown to be the best for period issues. Like citrate is really common. That's really good for like calming you down, helping with sleep, but the glycinate is like the best for the hormones. Perfect. Yeah. I have not tried that AOR brand before, so I'll have to yeah. look into that. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it's and a good for one. All our Canadian listeners, you yes. said we can get that in Canada. <laughs> That's perfect because I have been playing around with two different brands of magnesium and I like both of them, but it takes like a month to get to me because I'm ordering from the US and everything's kind of like slowing down because of COVID and stuff. So it would be nice to order from Canada so I don't have yes. to wait a month for these supplements to come because um, that takes some major planning ahead um, and it's nice to know that one comes with some extra zinc which is also extremely important for hormones mm-hmm. um, do you want to tell us a little bit about why zinc can come into play with hormones and why that's kind of such a big deal um, mm-hmm. for hormones yeah yeah, yeah. Well, well, zinc, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Zinc really is, is go really affects the ovaries. So your ovaries need zinc to function. And I think that's why zinc is so effective specifically. And it also helps the immune system. So even if you're wondering if you're stru- wondering if you might have endometriosis or you know that you do, it's actually can be more immune system related. So that's why zinc works so well. So those are my top things, but yeah, the ovaries need specific nutrients. And the interesting thing is a lot of the nutrients that the ovaries need, we actually don't get enough of in our diet. So that's why the supplementation can help or having specific foods as well that are are rich in that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So yeah, we talked about the food and some supplement recommendations and something I would also love to talk about is how much like external stressors such as like just like the psychological stressors of our daily life how much that can impact our periods Mm. from month to month oh yes yeah yeah for sure it's so uh, like I told you like almost every client that comes into my practice I get her a dutch test and we test the hormones and it's about yeah maybe about half at probably about like 60 to 70 percent of my clients who have period issues have adrenal and adrenal stressors because what happens is if your body is stressed, so if your cord- especially if your cortisol levels are either elevated or maybe you've been stressed for so long, so they your stress hormones actually start to become low instead of like over time. So then that impacts things. That that can really, really impact hormonal function. So it's kind of it can be a huge trigger. So it's it it can really impact your progesterone levels, which are also important for your period health and just fertility. And it can exasperate estrogen, it can stop you from ovulating, like it can be put a huge stress on the body. So yeah, you really it's kind of that that thing where it's like if if somebody has been trying to heal for a long time and there's stressors, like it's going to make it harder to see changes. So we really need to address that. So I'm glad you brought that up because it's kind of one of those key underlying causes. I just know that it's such a huge stressor on our menstrual cycle because it's like, even if we are going through a really stressful period of time, one month, that can either lengthen our cycle for the following month or shorten it kind of like depending Mm -hmm. on who you are and how your body responds but do you have any insight on that like how 
um, stress or some type of factor because I know for me, if I go through a period of time with higher stress, my cycle is longer. But I know Mm -hmm. for some women, they know that they go through a period of time of high stress and then their cycles get shorter and shorter and shorter. So do you know like what is the difference between the two? A lot of it, it's, it's really dependent on your system and, and what you're prone to because a cycle length really comes down to ovulation timing. So sometimes when you're stressed, you might just not ovulate or you might ovulate later because once you ovulate, you're almost guaranteed to get your period between 10 to 14 days after you ovulate. So if you're stressed, then you're going to ovulate later. And a lot of, it's actually quite, a lot of women don't even know this. I was talking to one lady that was struggling, yeah, to conceive for so long and she didn't realize that that was, was a thing. So it is, that, that cycle length is, is really, really, really important to, to note. So you might be on a late ovulator. Or if your cycle is really short, what might happen is maybe your luteal phase, that the time after ovulation, that might actually be shortened. So your body might be so stressed that then it doesn't produce enough progesterone with ovulation. So usually those are the things that happen, but it's really dependent on the person. We all, all of our hormones, your your hormones are going to respond so uniquely to stress. So, you know, we might have the same amount of stress and then I might get a short cycle. You might get a long cycle. So it's very individual as well. Yeah, I know that totally makes sense. I remember when I, or before I should say, before I got my first recovery period after HA recovery, I ovulated and then it was like, I don't know, four days later, I got my period. So super Mm -hmm. short. And now it's basically exactly two weeks later, Mm -hmm. which is great. So there are women with that short luteal phase, right? And do you have recommendations? Because I know a lot of women are actually working towards lengthening that part of their cycle, right? Mm -hmm. So what are your recommendations for those women who are working on that aspect of Mm -hmm. their period? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. So it's, it's the stress is one of the number one things. So really, really monitor the stress and really look at those areas that you can decrease the stress during that time. You can make some modifications in nutrition. So what can actually help is to increase your carbohydrate intake. So it don't feel if you start to feel more hungry during that time, that's normal, your bot your metabolic rate actually increases then. So let yourself eat, let yourself have some of my favorites are sweet potato is really great, because it also has beta carotene that helps support the ovaries. Uh, and then foods that have B6 are really good because B6 also supports progesterone because usually it's that progesterone is dropping. So some of my favorite B6 rich foods are turkey, sunflower seeds are, are really great, radishes like cod, salmon, um, lots of yeah, seafood is really great. Those are like, yeah, my top, but if you want the plant-based, it's sunflower seeds and radishes. And so those are great. So eat those foods. And then, yeah, we have, we, sometimes there's some herbs. So if, if I were to look at your hormones and we saw that progesterone was low, there are some herbs that, that could help. 
um, to help support it, but that's really customized based on you. But I would say like, start with the diet for sure on having those like progesterone rich food, the foods to boost progesterone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I really think people kind of miss out or don't realize just making those slight changes and adding those foods in with the right nutrients at the right times of your cycle, how impactful that could be. And I've been eating a lot of turkey lately. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of leftovers from our Easter dinner. (laughs) I have turkey for, for lunch today, actually. I've been eating it every day, girl. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Perfect. Yeah. And something else I maybe you can speak more about this, but flaxseed for mm. your luteal phase. Um, I noticed that my periods are, I don't know, like it's like the length of my cycles are more closer to like that 20, 30 day mark when I include flaxseed into oh, wow. my diet mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Usually I recommend flaxseed in the first half of the cycle. Cause that's when you're at higher estrogen, but the, there's some, sometimes it can help on that second half. If you have like certain estrogen dominant sy- symptoms, you might have to experiment, but it can help some, some women to have it like in the luteal phase. But usually if you were to do seed cycling, you would do it in the first half when you're estrogen is rising because it's an phytoestrogen type food yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. awesome gosh I could talk about periods forever and I know we're just skimming the surface because we kind of like talked about sore breasts painful periods and then just supplements and diet changes or additions to our diet um yeah why don't you let everyone know how you're working with women currently if they are experiencing these like really intense pms symptoms and things like that um and would like to work with you Mm -hmm. yeah yeah thank you it's i i have a program that helps women who have really painful periods, heavy periods, and intense like PMS symptoms, and um, also estrogen dominance type symptoms. So I really, so if you're having like really intense period pain and you want to really go deep into trying to uncover the root cause and look into hormones, um, yeah, in this program, we do hormone testing. And then we also look at diet of adding in um, a hormone balancing diet. And I help give you that support as well. And it's really, it's really like I work with clients for like four months. So it's not just like one session and okay, go buy it, go off and do your own thing. Like, I think for you, you have a, a great coaching program too. So like, you know, the power of like the container of support for people, you know, like having, being able to do that so that it, it really gives you like you enter a container for four months and then we really focus on your hormones and balancing them out naturally. So if anybody's interested, you can definitely reach out to me. Um, probably the, one of the best ways to reach out is Instagram. And if you just even like, you can send me a direct message. And if you want any resources uh, about like, if you're struggling with a particular thing, like period pain, or maybe you have like estrogen dominant type, like heavy periods, like really sore breasts, just reach out and I can give you some resources so you can look at first. And then if you want to work with me, you can reach out and we can set, set something up. 
Um, but otherwise, yeah, for everybody that, that wants help who has period pain, and what I mentioned is I have my period pain relief guide. So you can download it. It's called periodpainreliefguide.com slash guide. It's totally free. And it goes through those first steps for period pain relief. So that would be probably one of the best ways to reach out. Perfect. Yeah. I love it. We will have everything linked up for everyone mm-hmm. in the show notes. And yeah. I do have one last question for you. And that is, what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think to me, that means just really like loving yourself on a really deep level because your love and your care for yourself is going to be that thing that keeps you strong that yeah because it's like no one can yeah I've been really exploring the concept of like you know no one can really make you feel like shame unless you feel it yourself like shame or other emotions like so much comes back to how you're feeling so just that self-love is is so key Yeah, I love that. Awesome. So I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me this week, Madeline. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me. That was really fun to talk all things period. 